Hola, mis amigos. Soy la mora de Paris. Roche Chanel, and you're watching the Three Count Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering the Ring. I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, and don't be afraid. I'm the one that's going to lead you on this expedition. But this is now entering the ring, which means one thing, we have a guest for you. You can find this man at M-A-W-S-W-S-D-W-A-W-F. You can find this man at P-W-A as well as F-L-W-A. You can also find this man as the founder of Break Night Creative. Give it up for the man himself, Craven Knight. Oh, hello there. How's it going? (laughs) Thanks for joining us today. Oh, yeah, for sure. No problem. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, I'm super excited because, like, it's not very often that I get to interview people who, like, both do things in, like, the design world as well as actually wrestle. I guess it's kind of weird yeah. because I guess for me, you know, because, like, I do this podcast, plus I'm in the ring as well. But oh, yeah. you, you legitimately have, like, the clientele. Like, if you guys haven't seen, go check out on, on his IG, um, Bright, um, Break sorry, Night Creative. Uh, yeah, Break Night Creative. Yeah, so, you know, it, it's... Yeah, it's an interesting thing. And it's like the the name kind of came from the idea of me and my best friend uh, back in the day uh, when I would visit New York, we would hang out and but his mom wouldn't let me stay over like when I'm visiting from Minnesota out there. So just like, okay, so we just hang out all night, but we just called it breaking night. So that's kind of where the origin of that name comes up. But then I switched night to my last name, Craven Knight and uh, and creative because it's kind of the whole creative things that like I'm all over the place with my creativity, like I do woodwork sewing toys um like t-shirts like you i i forget more of my hobbies than i can actually name so it's uh so that's where kind of where break night creative really comes from but i thought it was interesting you named the companies that i work for because i'm like i don't really do anything anymore in the ring so i just like oh awf man i haven't I haven't touched that company in a long time <laughs> <laughs> it's like yo man when you go through and you start doing research and you see like yeah oh hey like this person wrestled at all these places I'm like, oh, yeah cool. you name places i'm like did i work for those places <laughs> <laughs> and i was like i appreciate the effort i'm like i can't remember i don't remember my own history <laughs> oh, I've I've had people I've had people where I've legit like listed off places that they wrestled mm-hmm. and they're like, oh man, and like their tag team partner was on the the show with us at the same time and they're like, Yo, we went there? And they're like, Yeah, yeah, yeah we went there like 2015. They're like, How do you know that? <laughs> like, yo, yeah. like we just showed up, we just had our gear and they said, Hey, suit up. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're always like, it's it's cool. It's cool to watch people's faces, like even like with you, like the reaction of when you name a place and they're like, Man, I don't I don't remember that spot but yeah I'm sure i was there <laughs> yeah well i've kind of reached a point where like um i think i've for even some of the uh you know the legends or the guys that people know or people even grew up with or just seen on tv that i've worked with that i'm just like there's some people i don't remember honestly it's like and it's not that i worked with a lot of them but just like it's been well over a decade for me that like, you know, I, I remember Jerry Lynn, I worked with Al Snow and like uh, Blue Meanie and a couple other people. But I'm just like, did I work with, but I'm at a point where I'm like, did I work with this person? Did I just share a locker room with them? I don't really remember. <laughs> <laughs> but if you've done both, man, it's cool either way. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, you know, the first question I'm going to ask, man, is who is mm-hmm. Craven Knight? Craven Knight. Um, well, in uh, the kayfabe world, in the squared circle, when it came comes to that aspect, Craven Knight is a brawler. He's a fighter. He's a survivor. He's a dude that's been fighting ever since he was a child. Uh, he's a rumbler from the Bronx, which is the title that I kind of coined for myself after realizing, oh, man, I could have just took this 10 years ago and it would have been awesome being someone in the midwest going by the rumbler from the bronx it just it works because i grew up in new york in the bronx new york but uh but no like craven knight is just like you know he's an aggressor just like kind of more along the lines kind of like a the idea of what stone cold steve austin originally wanted to go for kind of like it's kind of cold-blooded ice cold killer type but but more but also i went by the extreme assassin uh craven knight uh the extreme assassin craven knight or the rumbler from the bronx and mainly the idea that i go through extreme measures to just take out my opponent 
Uh, but I felt like my monikers really lend more towards the idea of just like vignettes and television. I didn't really have those opportunities. I wasn't really as aggressive as trying to get on the microphone and all that stuff. So it just made it hard for me to really present the type of character that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. But but that pretty much what Craven Knight is. It's just like kind of when you, know, you think about it in terms like it's not because I've never been a big fan of the real like, you know, or of like, you know, the, the cartoonish type gimmicks but so i was just more of just like you know i was a fan of stone cold steve austin's and the rocks where it's like there wasn't really so much of a gimmick per se but they were just a badass in the ring so that's kind of what i wanted to be was a badass so that's kind of what craven knight is kind of emulation of those you know those characters and, and those performers that he idolized which was like stone cold steve austin's kurt angles eddie guerrero the rock and, and all that stuff like it was that's pretty much kind of amalgamation of, of what he is so that's awesome though and that's the thing though is like you always want to find like those guys that you like you idolize like growing up like Mm -hmm. getting ready to get into the business and then like you just you know I I feel the same way because like for me like I'm the I'm gonna be real man like I don't know if I'll be like the great high flyer because like first of all I'm I'm already older Mm -hmm. (laughs) so but my favorite wrestler was Rey Mysterio and I'm like yo like he has this like underdog like always always willing to fight and like he's like the underdog and like everything and always like had a, always had a fight in him and yeah, it's like though even like even in a fight when he is an underdog he still can believe that he can win right and stuff like you that's and that's a that's one of my inspirations as well especially when you know i i think he came on when i moved to minnesota so i was a little more idle from wrestling when i moved to minnesota when i was 16 so i just had two years of just really wanting because i started wrestling and i started training started taking my first bumps at like 14 15 years old so when I moved here, when I was 16, I was, had this two-year idle period where I was just like, all I talked about was wrestling. All I wanted to do was wrestle. I didn't really have friends. All my friends were my cousin's friends and all that stuff. But I was known as a dude that always talked about wrestling. Any school assignment I did, and if I could be creative with it, to talk about wrestling. And then I met my first friends who, uh, like one of them, uh, he was talking about getting tickets for the uh, Smack, SmackDown and Raw Super Show, which was the same Super Show and the same day that Eddie Guerrero passed. Mm. And uh, but he was talking about that. I was like, oh, yeah, because he asked me because I was reading Stone Cold Steve Austin's autobiography in, in the classroom before the class started. And and he was asking me about like getting tickets and I gave him money to get tickets. And then we hung out that day and we were like good friends. We we're backyard wrestling on his trampoline and all that stuff. And I was like found my freaking friends like my wrestling friends and I, I don't really talk to or hang out with them anymore i have a totally different group of friends now but like it was but it was nice to actually kind of find a place because when i moved here i was just like very i was very lone wolf like i just i had no i didn't know how to connect with anybody when i came here so to be able to have friends to relate to with wrestling and all that and actually be able to go to that same super show where eddie passed and the tribute show and all that stuff it was just it was a it was a great experience it was a sad day but it was a great experience for sure. Oh, I can totally relate to that. Like I was, yeah. I was that kid. I moved into a new school in like seventh grade and like, mm-hmm. I have nobody and like nobody touched wrestling, you know, even though it was like at the peak, the time that I was around, it was at the, I mean, I've, always, I've been a fan since like 91, but when I got mm-hmm. into to my high school in like 98, that's when like DX and NWO and the Wolfpack had taken over. Yeah. And like, I just, some people were into it, but they weren't like I was into it. Like I was like hardcore. Like mm-hmm. I was up every Monday, every Thursday. And then I was like watching every Friday because SmackDown was coming on. So yeah. I was like, I was deep into it. And like, they're like, oh yeah, we're not that cool. We're not, we're not like that. And then like, once the period ended, the whole attitude and, and the uh, aggression era started, I was still in. Everybody else was like, yeah, we're not, you're the weird it kid just- no, it's just like, yeah, because some people, they, they grow out of stuff or they're not as into it as you are. And sometimes it's just niche to you and it feels like it's your thing. So once you're actually able to find people that you connect with that share that with you, it's such a nice feeling. But when it comes to wrestling, and I think even to, for me to this day, it's like, you know, you watch Monday Night Raw and it's not the greatest product of live television, but I, I part of me still looks forward to it because <laughs> yeah. it's wrestling and it's on and and it's still the same feeling i had ever since i was a kid where it's just like i just enjoy having raw on because it's the same habit that i've had ever since i was like 10 11 years old that's when i really kind of started getting into it a little bit more i think so uh, so it's just that still kind of carries with me to this day even though it's like whether it's good or bad 
I still enjoy having it on. And so if I don't really want to pay attention to another Charlotte promo, I would just throw on podcasts during wrestling. <laughs> so <laughs> it's funny though, man, because what's been wild is that like, um, I, I've, I, my, I've talked to my, my daughter is like a massive wrestling fan now mm-hmm. and she's, she's turning 10. Oh, and right. it's, um, it's one of those things where like, I told her, I was like, when I was your age at 10, like I've already been watching since like, since I was like six. Yeah. So catch and, up kid. <laughs> and you gotta get on this level but it's um it's one of those things where it's like um i i think back to it i'm like yo like i'm almost like i'm almost 36 i was like i've been enjoying wrestling for 30 years and i watch other people like go in and out of things and i'm just like can you name one thing that you've loved for 30 plus years i was like i can i was like this yeah. is where i'm at so, a power rangers for, for me for sure i got the tattoo but i remember i remember when power rangers started i was like i was in shallow water texas yeah like uh yeah i remember like my birthday turning it on and watching uh it was uh i guy was the first guy that was your your first monster my first one was uh the uh the pig uh the yeah that was okay i remember i think i just came home from school and he came on i got home from school i think i got out of school at two maybe two thirty and then I would get home at three. So I always got home about five minutes before three. And, but the show started at, and this is when they're showing it every day and the show started at two 30. So yeah. my mom would have to record it on VHS. So for a good while to have a bunch of VHSs of Power Rangers, and I don't have them anymore. It would be so cool to actually watch those with the old commercials. But oh. yeah, cause those commercials back in the day is just like, it's different now cause we stream everything. So we don't, have a context of commercials on television much anymore except that they're not really it's funny it's weird to say it's like commercials nowadays aren't even that good but it's like we never really care for commercials but you think back the for nostalgia's sake the commercials in the 90s it's so different because everything had a jingle everything was catchy and it's like actually made you want to get pizza hut even though there wasn't a pizza hut near me in new york so <laughs> but they had a mascot with a pizza hut with eyes on it and they had dunkin donuts an old guy with the mustache and dunkin donuts but they had the halloween theme ones like i think it was the holiday themed ones uh commercials that just really it's like it was a wrestling podcast we're gonna talk about freaking commercials but like it's, it's, uh, it's fine man this, this, this conversation like yeah. I, I legit i'm just enjoying the conversation the funny thing oh, is, yeah, for sure. like um uh i remember and it's funny because like i go back and reference this all the time so people were talking about um like it's and we're I'm gonna talk about power rangers guys sorry uh yeah, but yeah definitely. for I remember the whole week. Remember when Tommy came through? <laughs> remember when Tommy came through and just like started giving hands to all the Rangers? Like, yeah, I remember thinking this show is gonna end with like the bad guy winning. And I remember like coming home and being left on this cliffhanger where yeah. like Goldar is at full, like he's at mega form, and like Dragonzord is there giving hands to the Megazord. And I was like, yeah. yo, this is how it ends. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's like it's funny because like when and I'm, I'm gonna have to grab this prop. <laughs> Let's go. Because <laughs> I made this. This is a foam, foam. One of my first foam replicas that I made. That myself this is a prop, but like I'm just gonna hang 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 on to it. Let's talk about Power Rangers, but uh. But no, like when Tommy came, I remember him coming and I thought he was cool and all. I love the the shield of him. That's why I have this one right here. I have like all of these, but this is the one that's out because I love the Red Rangers aesthetic with the shield. But that was my favorite part of the Green Rangers, the fact that when he left, Jason got to have a shield because I was a, I was a big Red Ranger Jason Lee Scott guy. Like he was my favorite Power Ranger. So when so when tommy came in and started getting all this attention i was like man jason should have had kimberly that should have been his girl but (laughs) to me even to this day like no power ranger hold the candle to the leadership that the red ranger was able to like get because like jason was the leader i'm I'm such a snob when it comes to that but 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 no like but you know tommy is cool and i appreciate um jdf uh jason david frank as you know as a person because like he's all about it and he's all about his fans and the fandom and 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 sharing stories and all that stuff and it's enthusiastic i love that about him but when it comes to tommy and jason i'm a jason guy all the way <laughs> so it's funny man because like you're talking about that your, your sword that you made right mm-hmm. so i'm just curious like what inspired you to get to be a like a designer into wrestling in the wrestling business though so when it comes to wrestling because like 
I've been making stuff ever since I was a kid. Like I wanted to make that sword ever since I was a kid because they had like crappy versions. You know, they, they sold that like this uh, Japanese store that sold like the Japanese versions of stuff. But like I, um, I always loved making like even that gold ranger or that green ranger shield. I made that out of paper as a kid. So now I hope I'm waiting, waiting for the day to actually make a, you know, kind of like a cosplay version of it. when want to get the time, but no, when it comes to wrestling gear, um, cause I always appreciate the wrestling gear. Like I look at the wrestling gear and even now I watch wrestling and I'm always looking at people's gear more like I'm watching the matches when I'm watching, I'm lo- always looking, gravitating towards their gear like looking at it and I love I always think like how what was it made out of like who made it like you know that's a great color combo and it inspires me and all that and Rey Mysterio was one that like really inspired me because he wore different stuff every he he never wore the same thing twice right like if he wore the same color again it would be a different piece of gear the uh the aesthetic of it would be somewhat different so he just never so his gear person is living in a mansion probably because he's always getting stuff made for every time he's on but but no i the way i started with wrestling gear it's like i never thought i would really be making kind of a living making wrestling gear uh i just did it for myself and the way i started doing it for myself back when i was like 18 i was like and i really started you know getting into wrestling out here in minnesota I would just, you know, I was a, I was skinnier. I had scrawny legs. I, you know, I had chicken legs and stuff at the time. So I wasn't very confident in showing my legs. So I wore the, I did kind of the, almost the Sabu style mm. where I wore like the loose pants and I wore kick pads. My first match at first Avenue, I was in the tag match <laughs> and uh, I wore these, these really baggy blue pants that I had when I, I would just wear whenever I trained and I, but I couldn't get kick pads. I didn't, I didn't know where to get kick pads. So I got sh- like soccer shin guards just regular soccer shin guards and i wore those but i had the wrestling shoes so i had those to wear under but then over time i eventually just you know thought you know what i'm gonna get plain uh i'm just get plain like athletic pants tuck those into the kick pads i eventually got kick pads off high spots you know um like not a sponsor um and (laughs) i and, and I did that style, but I would eventually started just making gear by making logos. I just did a CK. And, and if you've seen, if you've seen it, I know I got it in a bag somewhere because I kept that one, but it's a CK. If you see the font, you know, it. I think it's actually the font from blade from the first mm-hmm. blade movie. And I found it and I put the CK together, but it's made out of duct tape and I applied it. I stuck it on, but I used crazy glue. And that was when I was 18. I'm 34. Now that shit is still on that gear. Like it held up after washing it a bunch of times and wrestling in it. So it accumulated sweat, accumulated being cleaned and all that stuff. Like it just held, it just held up. And I was just like, that's some good freaking glue and tape. And, uh, and that's kind of how I did my stuff for a while. I was like using duct tape to make different random logos and stuff. Kind of like Jericho had like random designs and stuff. And Ray Mysterio just had different colors all the time. So I love the idea of just like, I would always buy plain athletic pants, different colors and just, apply ck and a random logo on the other side and tuck them into my kick pads and that was my look then eventually it's like over time it's like working on my legs a little bit more and then i eventually got a little bit more comfortable showing kind of like the silhouette of my legs so i started getting tight so i got plain tights but i started diving into using fabric paint so kind of puffy paint that you'd see like girls use for kind of like the uh the days for you know in high school and they're making different t-shirts and all that stuff but like you can buy puffy paint anywhere and that's kind of what i was using using and i pretty much became a tattoo artist using fabric paint on tights and creating like different uh designs and over time i got over that and i'd buy plain pairs of trunks when i got my legs thick enough to feel a lot more confident and the first time i wrestled in trunks i was like oh my god i'm free like I felt so comfortable and free and, and it just felt awesome just wrestling in trunks. I always wanted to, I always wanted to wrestle in trunks because like my favorite guys wore trunks like Austin and the rock. Like I wanted to like have their aesthetic and, and it also gave me less space to work with design wise. So it made my life a little bit easier. So things would go a little bit faster, but then eventually I, and, and no one, and during these times where I'm just like using paints and tapes and no one's like really, people are admiring it, but they're not really, you know, inquiring or asking me about wrestling gear. And then my uh, best friend, the one that I told you that, like, uh, I think I told you before the show that we'd kind of hang out all night because we couldn't, I couldn't sleep at his place because his mom wouldn't let me. Um, I, him and I, uh, or he started using a sewing machine. He started making some gear for himself and for other people. And I was like, why not me? 
So I eventually just like, I just bought a hundred dollar machine on Amazon, started using that and started practicing and making gear for myself. It took me about five weeks before I actually figured out how to properly make trunks for myself. And, but then it took me about five years to finally perfect the perfect recipe for trunks that fit me the way I like. And, uh, <laughs> so maybe five years is an exaggeration, but sure as hell feels like it. But but uh, yeah, and then over time, as I did that, and I, just, I think I made gear, like free gear for one of my friends, like uh, Ryan Cruz, who's a, who's a wrestler out here in Minnesota. And I made him like some black and silver tights and whatever. And I think I made them way too tight, but it gave me some experience to understand how to do measurements for other people. And, and then people started, eventually it's kind of like anything else, just word of mouth started getting, getting around show. And I just kept doing stuff for myself. People started it's like, Hey, can you make me gear? And I was doing stuff doing pretty crappy versions of stuff for a while until I eventually got, you know, to this comfort level where I could start making gear for other people, start reverse engineering knee pads. Like I got trace knee pads. I took them apart to completely analyze them and see how they were put together because knee pads is a very, can be very confusing when you're first looking at it. Like people are like, how the hell do you even do this? And it's like, you have to think backwards with it. It's a very different way of thinking when you're putting that together because it can get really confusing, especially when you're putting that back strap onto the knee pads but but no i reverse engineer that stuff and eventually figure out how to make you know kick pads and knee pads and trunks and other items and gravity and, and eventually just the understanding of measurements helps has helped me help me understand how to make other items so that's kind of where it started was just like the idea of just like appreciating gear and then slowly progressing from different methods of just like using tape to using paint and buying stuff to eventually just making it myself then word of mouth just going around and then then people just like seeing what I'm what I'm putting out there and then it's like I make one thing for another person he tells a bunch of other people and so on and so forth so it just kind of snowballed from there and that's kind of what you know it kind of all happened you know you know kind of like a happy accident it's like wrestling gear is not the thing I saw myself doing but it just happens to be something that I'm good at that I can stay home and do and I even have other things that like I'm doing that I'm making money doing where I'm making pretty much doing the same thing but for action figures kind <laughs> of big toy guys so it's just like I'm making Superman outfits I got commissions to make Superman outfits for like just little six inch action figures so it's just like it's so it's just everything's just kind of snowballing and I think that's my route that I'd really like to be is just doing more custom stuff for toys than for humans mm. so <laughs> yeah I can imagine that it would actually be like to make make stuff for toys like because you know you already have the dimensions you don't even have to worry yeah. about it everybody's different you know whenever you get their sizes and stuff so i can understand like why toys would be yeah like, yeah it's it's very it's very easy and this is the thing that's gotten a lot of attention is this uh kingdom come superman with the yeah. wire cape and all that stuff so people seen that and they've been asking me for that and this guy who has a big following in the toy collector community and toy customization community shared my stuff and that's where i've been getting a lot of attention and with that i am kind of on my way to kind of do some pretty much turning like customization or kind of gear making for toys into a side hustle on top of the wrestling gear that i'm doing all week so it's pretty it's pretty sweet that is awesome though and it, it's funny too because you talk about like how you know, you see different people and then you like look at their gear and you're like, damn, like that's actually really fly. Cause I think about yeah. like, um, you know, uh, Tegan Knox, she always has like really fly gear. Yeah. And you know, it's all based off Captain Marvel. Like she's got mm -hmm. the whole color wheel, but regardless, yeah. it still looks good. You know, Rey Mysterio obviously is like always gonna be one of those dudes who like always has like fly gear. But then like the New Day is another group too of guys that I would just hey, watch. They I'm always have like, good stuff. Bro. Yeah. Who, um, from when do you think, or who do you think is probably your favorite? Uh, has had your favorite piece of wrestling gear that you think that man i want to get something like that uh you know, it's funny that you asked my question because I, I always think about ray mysterio yeah like every time i see his stuff like he you know he came out as the joker who is my favorite dc well he's one of my favorite dc characters my favorite dc mm -hmm. villain for sure yeah but like to see him come out at wrestlemania and beat jbl with the joker look like the yeah. ledger joker like yeah. i thought like the purple pants with the green suspenders over top with the white mask and the red the red eagles i was like yeah that's that was sick yeah but then it wasn't until recently that lindsay dorado got my attention because i didn't realize lindsay made all of his own gear oh okay and yeah i didn't know he did that he came out he came out in a full megazord outfit oh yeah yeah i, I, was I, like, I saw images of that i was like holy cow this is awesome yeah I think, like, I've thought about, like, how would I do that with uh, wrestling gear? Like, how would I incorporate it without it being kind of, like, 
big and extravagant it's like it'd be as simple as just like a design on the kick pads and the knee pads and just kind of like come black ranger stuff in the uh, i think the black Ranger. no no it's the red ranger it's a tyrannosaurus that's in the legs and the torso yeah, yeah. and the arms so it just it'd be a matter of having all this stuff on but yeah that's uh i, I saw images of that i was like holy crap because he's even had like even i think this big elaborate outfit that is actually based off of uh power ranger super mega force i think which is one of the uh the outfits that has like it's a six ranger and it's where the six ranger has all the helmets scattered of all mm-hmm. different six rangers on him and he's even had like he must have made it but or someone did but like yeah that's just insane just for entrance gear like yeah. it's just like oh my god i'd rather just go to hot topic get a vest he press some stuff on and i'm good <laughs> <laughs> like i'm not i don't need to make anything too elaborate it's like you know god help your your wallet there <laughs> yeah and it's, it was crazy you know just seeing like their gear and all, all their stuff i know when um the new day uh i think it was last year year before um they came out with it, it was weird because if you just looked at it you're like i don't understand it was like red yellow and blue and mm-hmm. you're just like okay well i don't know who or no red orange and blue i'm sorry but no. you're looking at it and you're kind of like i don't i don't get it but then like in the details like you realize like biggie is wearing red uh austin or xavier was wearing blue and then uh um Dan Kofi was wearing Kofi, yellow yeah. and what you ended up realizing was it was Sonic Knuckles and Tails and I was oh like, okay oh. I don't think I caught that yeah. yeah it was cool and I was like you know just the things that the ideas that these guys come up with and they're able to include I was like damn dude like they have like such fly gear and that's the kind of stuff that I look at and I'm just like yeah. man I was like for them to sit around and just be like hey oh you know who we should be today like we should be these guys or like it's just it's crazy like they're a tribute yeah. to Brody Lee uh, yeah. that was at the Royal Rumble it was so cool. Yeah. And they made him work once just for yeah, just for the Rumble. And uh and that's usually main event gear does their all their stuff all the time. I don't know if you're familiar you, you probably are familiar with main event gear, but like they they're the top premier wrestling gear guys that pretty much just do stuff for other people. I think it's three guys that work for that company. And but then there's also a woman named uh, Sandra who if you watch total divas you'd only know her by like i knew her from seeing her when i did extra talent opportunities for wwe so i remember seeing her and a couple of the other seamstresses in the back like working on stuff and i'd see that like even their big ring jackets like the mrs jacket and even morrison's jacket before before he was like even when morrison wasn't even there anymore i just remember seeing those big rolling crates with those jackets like with morrison's old jackets it's like oh it's not even his (laughs) so it's just like they just they just have it in those crates but but yeah sandra she's the one that she does a lot of she does cody stuff all the time and does uh the jump the big body suits for uh for uh dustin uh gold dust or you know how people remember him and uh seven yeah yeah seven yeah yeah I, 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 yeah, I didn't. Uh, that's WCW, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't pay, but I know it as a reference. I think I've seen an image on Instagram or something. But no, like there. But yeah, main event is kind of like the uh, the top tier when it comes to wrestling gear. Like they, you know, they put their they put their A listers on the front, and I'm just like, that's cool. I'll focus on the. I'll just focus on the other guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool though, though, man. Like you, like it was something that you had said before. Like you know, you're very appreciative, of, like all the up and comer guys that are like, yeah, seeing all your stuff because they like you know, you know, wear your gear, they promote your gear, they push your gear out there. And like, yeah. I know a few people who, who have your stuff, right? So Chaz, who's actually on this podcast, he's using on a debate show. Um, yeah. He has your gear. Uh, Prince Machiavelli is another person who actually, he turned me over to you as well as Chaz. Okay. And then uh, Kay Robinson, um, mm-hmm. he had his Black Ranger gear. And so like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. all that stuff, like all these, I know those three. So I've seen those guys. I'm like, yo, I love that gear. So that's why yeah. for me, I, it was a no brainer when I was coming to you, I was like, Oh, yo, yeah. like I've seen your work like firsthand. I was like, I got to go to him. I was like, yeah. he makes all the coolest shit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And especially when people's like stuff is on deck. Um, and I feel like I have to communicate there. And I have like my, my days where I'm just like hit or miss, where I'm just like, I don't want to talk to a damn soul today. I don't want to talk to any of these wrestlers. <laughs> and then I have days where I'm just like, all right, I want to clear up some details. And it's like, okay, what do you want? I want to, and usually it's dependent. I, I get the vibe off through the messaging, uh, whether I feel like I can really go back and forth with a person. And, and I really need to do some more video calls with people. I did that with one person. It was a lot more relieving uh when it came to figuring out the details and i feel like that would probably be a good way to go i just think 
I, ha I have just major anxiety issues. So sometimes I'm just like, I don't want to be on a call with anybody. I don't want to like talk to anybody because when I was on that call, it was like, it was great, but we were talking for a good while. I'm just like, I don't have the time to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, if we do it, I'm just like, I have to kind of be kind of a dick and just be like, okay, man, we're going to talk, but we have to talk. We can't talk for more than 10 minutes. So it's just like, I have to kind of be strict with that stuff. But I'm just, I'm such a friendly like person when it comes to other people like when it when it comes to talking to people that i'm just like I, i'm happy to just give them my time and just figure things out and be as um just be as communicative as possible like there'll be times where i'm just like i may not seem like i'm communicating a whole lot but there's like you know some weeks i'm going through stuff some weeks i'm not and sometimes i'm just like trying to focus and some days i just i can't focus so my weeks just kind of or even my days they just vary like as far as like what my mood is it's like some days i can get like two three maybe four orders done depending on what the items are and there's like some weeks where i'm just like i can barely bang out two orders of knee pads that only take me an hour to do a set of knee pads i'm just like what is wrong with me and it's like that's an exaggeration but it's like but i've i've had times where it's been tough like that for me so it gets overwhelming especially when i have like a long list of messages that i need to respond back to like that is a day that is a day in itself it's just responding to people oh no i can relate because like when i do these podcasts and like I'll I'll set them up and I'm like, all right, I've knocked, I've I've done all these podcasts and I'll put them in the in my G drive, right? And I'm just waiting mm -hmm. in my Google Drive and I just start to see the episodes pile up and I was like, I really should start editing these episodes. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it on I'll do it on Saturday. And then yeah. Saturday comes up, I'm gonna go to training and then Sunday comes and Sunday night I'm like, oh crap, I gotta go to bed at midnight, but it's ten o'clock and I still have all these episodes to edit. Yeah. Like, oh no. When when I was doing a podcast, like I did the the Breaking Night podcast with my friend Sean uh, Sean Slade, uh, who used to wrestle as well, but like he, uh, but he's an artist. He's a really great artist. But uh, I always push his stuff on my on my stuff all the time for other people to check his stuff out. But when I was doing a podcast, I always realized if I don't edit this as soon as I'm done with it, then I will not edit it. And really, and I got to a point where I was like, because the very first podcast I tried doing, I got so tedious with it, with the editing, when I realized I need to make this live to tape. And the only thing I liked doing was just doing a separate intro. But then eventually I was just like, I just want to throw in the intro music and just let it bleed into the show and just let it end where it ends. So there's no editing. So really there's just adding something and that's it. But even that became a hassle for me. And, uh, and the thing I just hated doing was just like posting it and just writing all the stuff and the tags to try and promote it. Like it's, I feel like that's where I feel like I need an assistant and where just like, yeah, like it's done. Do just make sure people know about it. And it's like, I'd rather throw that off to somebody else. And I'm sure you probably feel that way too. Where yeah, it's just it's like, <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, you do all this stuff. And I'm just like, or you're just like, I, I, okay, it's done, but I don't want to do anything else. Like someone else just like make sure other people know it's up. Like I don't That's the you know, definitely. And it's like, cause uh, you know, for like our podcast, we have a team that like helps us. Like mm. I'll, I'll do all the editing and stuff and then I'll push the, I'll put it up on like anchor or even here on YouTube. I'll put yeah. it all up. And then like, I just thought everybody else. I'm like, can you guys go share this please? Cause like, yeah, I've done all this, but I got to ask though, man. Cause like back when you're in your wrestling days, right? Yeah. Like, What's been like one of the worst bumps that you've ever taken? Um, worst bumps. So funny enough, I've never really gotten like uh, insanely injured. Uh, like, but from wrestling, it's not like I'm a step in a ring anytime soon. But like I, um, one of the worst bumps I would say was a moonsault that I took that I pretty much, I'm suffering the effects of it to this day. And usually whenever I've never really hit anybody with a moonsault, I don't think I've ever actually landed a moonsault on a person, unless it was a standing moonsault, but I did a moonsault off the top rope and I landed and I come, I jammed my toe into the mat. And, and I think that was probably like my left toe or something. Cause I always have these issues with my toes. Cause like, I am like about five, nine hmm. and um, five, nine on a good day, I guess. Like I'm probably actually five, eight, but <laughs> but you know i have i have lifts lifts i have lifts we call them talent in professional wrestling but uh i <laughs> i because i i'm five eight five nine and but i have very big feet so i have like about like 12 like 13 inch like feet and so my toes are very long so i suffer a lot of issues like even just like walking and like my toes are just like hurt and like I have really big bunions as gross as that may sound, but like I have just like my feet are wide as hell. Mm -hmm. And 
So in wrestling, like I'll just like jam my toes into the mat. And it's like, there's two occasions where like, I just really had bad issues with my toes. And it was um, just that moonsault that I mentioned. I did the moonsault and I missed the guy and I completely jammed my toe into the mat. I actually had to go to the hospital and my day job, I had to drive around in the cart. So it just, I just couldn't walk on it. And then it was another time where I'm just like, I was pretty much ready to leave. But then it said, oh, we need bodies for this run-in and all that stuff at the, end, the main event. I'm like, God damn it, I wanted to leave. <laughs> and uh, and then I go out there. I'm just in my regular tennis shoes and stuff. And I go out there and I roll out of the ring and I fall onto the ground. And my toe just jams and bends as far back as it possibly could. And I messed up my toe there. And I'm like, wow, this sucks. And uh, so I think that's kind of where it really gets pretty bad. I've always kind of enjoyed really high bumps. Like, you know, I like, I don't know if you've ever taken a superplex, but it, sometimes it can feel like the softest bump you can ever take for some reason. Cause it's just like, it, it's insane not to give away too much, but like <laughs> it's a, uh, but it, it really is. It's like the softest bump you can, you can take, but, but yeah, when it comes to bumps, I think I'm probably, I've definitely probably have taken worse, but ones that have actually landed me into having to visit a doctor is probably those toe ones with the, the moon salts are just falling out of the ring. Yeah. I don't, I don't tell a lot of people this, but I prefer dojo bumps versus just regular bat bumps. Yeah. Like yeah, I'll dojo. throw myself in the air and I'll just hit the ground and like, it feels so much better than just like taking a regular back bump. Like it's weird. Oh, yeah. And I, yeah. I agree with you. I took a superplex uh, in a tower of doom spot. And I was like, okay. oh, actually, I was like, this wasn't bad at all. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, my trainer was working with me. My work, trainer was working with me, and he goes, "Do you know how to take this?" I was like, "Yeah, it's just, a, it's just a, a bump." And he was just yeah. like, "Yeah, okay." And then we just yeah. went. <laughs> yeah, because if if you can float properly, it's almost like you're in slow motion. And, and I think it takes like having good control of your body. And most wrestlers should have a good idea of how to control their bodies in certain situations. I've always kind of naturally just kind of had an understanding of how my body moves. Mm. So I, so a lot of my stuff kind of can look pretty fluid sometimes. So just knowing that like where my body is positioned in the air so I can land nice and flat. So it's just like my, you know, my feet are flat and my back is flat and my hands slap, but then you're hitting the center of the ring where there's the most give and the most bounce. And because you're hitting it so hard, it's not, it's just, it's taking that impact and then it's just bouncing you back up. So it's literally like hitting the hardest trampoline you can ever hit. But that, but that, that's the only case is if you're taking a bump like that. But I think any higher might be really bad, but like, but because sometimes just taking like a regular back body drop might hurt, but you might not actually hit. If you're hitting the center, you're fine. Right. Anywhere, anywhere else, there's probably a good chance you might get like a stinger where like you take a bump and for some reason you can't move. And it's like, uh, it's, it can be scary sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So I'm curious, man, like whenever you were actively like in a ring and you're going week to week and you had match after match, what was like that post-match meal that you had to have to like, just make yourself feel like, all right, I'm good. Um, and I, I don't, I never had anything that I had to go to. It's really just a matter of what, ugh, it's sad. Uh, there was never anything specific that I had to have, but because it's wrestling and everyone knows this, it's like, you know, if you're going out with your, you know, everybody else is a good chance. You're just going to Perkins. So, but sometimes it's like some week weekends, you're just like, I want to eat really healthy. And then after shows, I'll probably go to a Perkins and I will get like, Oh, just give me like a four eggs scrambled with some spinach and, um, and a, a couple pieces of toast and some bacon and that'd be good. And uh, but that was like way later, but <laughs> when I was young, but like younger and even, my you know matches like my last couple matches last year it would just gravitate towards mcdonald's because i just drive through and just get a chicken sandwich or a couple mcchickens or whatever and just be set as long as i ate something because like you're most of the time you're just unless you bring some of your own snacks or eat whatever pizza that venue is providing that day or that pete or that venue is actually taking from another place bought from another place to resell at a more expensive cost um they like you don't you don't really have food to eat for probably about at least three hours maybe four right. maybe five depending so it's like you're going all that time without really eating so at the end of the show you're starving so it's like what are you gonna get like what's the closest fast food oh there's a taco bell oh there's a mcdonald's there's a burger king the burger king makes me gassy so perkins i can probably get an omelet at perkins so it's just like yeah it just it just really depends so it's really nothing specific i just knew it was just like i just wanted to eat <laughs> that was about it what about yes. you uh so uh taco bell like was like the go-to okay. spot like i don't know why but like we go through and um 
just the five dollar box is like always like the go to. Like, you know, just let me get like let me get the five dollar box with the soft shell taco and a Baja blast and I'm good for the I'm yeah. good for it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't really like Taco Bell for a good while for some reason. Uh, I think I just stayed away from Taco Bell for years. And then eventually I got like pretty pretty bad food poisoning from Burger King. And I stopped I stopped eating Burger King for a few years. Then eventually I just kinda I, I went back, but then every time I eat Burger King, I feel gross. It's like, you know, McDonald's, I can eat Burger, I can eat McDonald's like five days a week, but like the one time I ever, the one time a month I eat Burger King, I feel disgusting. Like, I just feel like it really messes with my system, but. Yeah, I feel that same way with safe, uh, Subway. Sorry, Subway. I don't, I don't mean to put that out there, but yeah, yeah, one time I was at Subway, I did Subway breakfast and I actually bought, so I bought Subway the bre- for breakfast and then I had a sandwich for lunch. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was eating breakfast mm-hmm. and just like, it was weird. I would just, this was one time I was just like, I just ended up throwing up. Oh, you know, yeah. Like I'll never go back to Subway again. And I had yeah. that. was like, yeah, that was really, it. Yeah, that'll, that'll do it. All it takes is that one time. Like, um, I, I feel like if Piata, I don't know if you're familiar with Piata. Like what, where are you at again? Maryland. Okay. So you're in Maryland. So I don't know because there's only three locations out here in the cities. Like even for me, I have to drive 15 minutes just to get to a Piata. But pretty Piata is Italian street food. And it's actually not the worst food you can eat. It's actually pretty healthy, if anything. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much like the Italian Chipotle. And it is delicious. It's like, yeah, it's it's awesome. So if you can ever see a Piata, go there and check it out. And it's it's awesome. If you ever get to a point where it's like, oh, Piata, I remember Craven telling me about this. It's like, it's delicious. And I eat it every single time I can. It's like I had it Sunday. I, I bought two, uh, it's called Piata. It's pretty much like burritos, but it has like, you know, avocado, like they have avocado Piata or they have a uh, uh, BLT Piata, which is really just what it sounds like. But they have their own ingredients that they throw in there, but they throw like arugula in there and they, um, and they have like you can put you have your choice of meats and chickens like crispy or grilled or like just like chipotle and stuff. Right, right, right. It's just I feel like it's a lot healthier. But I got like two of the piatas. I got two different ones. One for, like for the rumble on Sunday because I hung out with my friends and I was like, well, I'm going piata on the way because piatas on the way to my friend's house to where we were gonna watch the rumble. I was like, well, I'm getting piata anybody want anything so i like i got a couple things for them so i was like okay because like we don't want to really order a bunch of food it's like i had piata for lunch then i bought an extra piata so i can have that for dinner and so i really only eat like two actual meals in the day and um and then yesterday me and my friend had piata again and and it was funny because like i got my friend sean just like he said like oh yeah let me get this like uh meatball bowl thing or, or whatever and and the meatballs are huge there they're ginormous and their pasta there is delicious but i never really get it but i was like you know what my friend's always getting double meat i'll get double meat on the on the spaghetti and meatballs and stuff and he got it and was like jesus christ these are huge so he end up, and usually he eats two meals in one shot. He actually saved half that for for later, <laughs> and it's just like yeah. And then we ended up eating there yesterday. We went to the Mall of America. We ended up eating there yesterday, which is like I if it's around, I have to eat it because it's not it's not really that close to me. Like in fifteen minutes isn't bad, but I mean it's like you know when you think you know up the street there's this restaurant up the street is that restaurant and this and that it's like i want to have to drive 15 minutes to get this one specific one it's like i'm gonna take every chance i get to eat it so uh, if i had to say pick a food that i have to eat it most likely be piata but it's any day of the week <laughs> sounds like it sounds great though man yeah. absolutely go giant ass meatballs i'm down with this yeah so a question i'm gonna have for you before we hit into the best segment of this show man i just need to know like what advice would you give to like up-and-coming wrestlers so one of my favorite things to do with like up and coming wrestlers, I love working with new guys. It's like, I, I feel like if all I did was like coach and just work with new guys, I'll be like the best thing in the world for me. That was kind of be my dream job is just coaching professional wrestling. And cause what I feel have, I feel like I have a lot to offer there, but um, one of the things I love doing is just like, let's go out there and have the match you want to have. And then we'll pick it apart afterwards. Mm-hmm. And, and something, cause I'm not, I'm not the type of like, you know, I guess I'll be considered a veteran, but it's like, really, I haven't really been anywhere. So I, I have trouble looking at myself as a veteran. But in the eyes of the people that know me, that have seen me around, they view me as a veteran. And so it's knowing that I have something to offer is pretty, is pretty nice. But 
at least have that kind of status to certain people anyway. But I, but I'm not the type of person that like, I'm going to get in the ring with a kid that's only been working for a few months. And this is probably his first match or second match or third. And then go in there and beat the living crap out of him just because I could, I don't believe in that. Cause I didn't really get that. I was fortunate not to really get anything like that. So I'm not going to give that to anybody else. So we go out there and we're going to have, we're going to try and steal the show and have a really great match. And, and not really toot my own horn, but I've always kind of, been that type of dude that like i can get in the ring give me a broomstick and i'll probably have the best match on the show and uh like i'm least confident in my abilities that i can do that it's like it sounds like a dick thing to say but it's like but anyone who knew me in wrestling kind of knows that so so be able to go in there with you know a new kid and actually like let's have the match you want to have and then and then i can actually see like where we can fix things like okay so we did this and this and then i'll be like okay you're doing this but maybe we can move this here and we can switch this up and blah 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 and uh and then after the match we can say okay so what you were lacking was uh was a fire like you know you move really good in there you do this and that but like you just needed to be alive like i was like even even in there pushing you wanting you to actually give me some life like say i'm the heel and he's being the face i'm just like give me some life show some like show some character show some life and all that stuff like show that there's a reason for people to cheer you and stuff so so doing stuff like that be able to figure that stuff afterwards is one of my favorite things to do with new guys uh as far as advice goes is that like just make sure everything you do means something make sure that what you do is yours like you see something that you want to emulate figure out a way to make it your own uh like go out there and just like really like uh show guys that like you belong in there that you know what you're doing and uh and you have to go in there being sure of yourself even though if you have a little bit of lack of confidence like just kind of you don't have to really let it show like kind of really standing in there and just like like i said just showing that you belong but uh when it comes to like not, not getting so heavy like on what moves to do it's like if you're going in there thinking when like the most important thing to you is what moves you can do and how many moves you can do you're going about it all wrong it's all because that's an issue that you see on television all the time is that like a lot of kids do and I talk like a freaking old guy. Um, so I, this is how I am. Like I, when I watch wrestling with my friends and stuff, I'm like, what the hell are they even doing? And um, it's like, they, you know, people do a lot of stuff and it doesn't mean anything. And so as you can do a lot, do, you can get a lot across by doing very little. And uh, that's why Orton is one of the best to watch. Like people, some people may think he's boring. Some people may think he's great. And the people who think he's great understand what he's doing in there. And like, sure, he may put a freaking headlock on, but it's like, he's slowing it down. So when the things that matter happen, they freaking matter. Instead of just like, we're going to do flippy do after flippy do. Let's throw a bunch of freaking super kicks. And I love, I love me a freaking super kick. But when I see it a hundred times on a show, it's just like, does that move even mean anything? Like you say super kick a hundred times does that word even like exist anymore. Like it feels like it just fades into the ether, but, but no, it's like, so yeah, like when it comes to moves, like, uh, you know, you think about it a lot of, a lot of wrestlers, when, when it comes to moves, a lot of wrestlers, like they have mainly four to five moves. And, and when I say moves, these are like their signatures and their stuff. So you go in there, it's like, these are the moves you want to get across. Like something maybe you do in the shine, something that you get across in the, uh, in, when you're, you know, you're firing back in your hope spots. And, and then a couple of things that you definitely get in, in your hope spot and stuff, stuff that you do for the false finishes. And then the fourth or fifth is your finisher. And, you know, that last one, everything else is just kind of whatever. It's just like, is all transitional stuff. But those other four main moves, like those are your four main moves. And those are the ones that you get across. Those are the things people know you for. You think of John Cena, he does them all in his comeback. But like you have like Austin, he does he does the, the elbows. He has the uh, Luthez press. Um, he, he did the, the, the stinger. He, has a, he did the spine buster every now and then. But also he has a stunner. But you think about it, it's like he doesn't really have a whole lot. Like he was really more known, if you want to count it as a moveset, is the stomps in the corner, stomping a mud hole into you. And just, you know, but he did his punches. But like the attitude error was a different error because like they did, they didn't do a whole lot. But everything that they did was very it was very physical and everything was like really exciting and they move really fast and i think that's why a lot of kids tend to move really fast now is because a lot well not, not maybe not now a lot of kids now probably have seen you know a lot more stuff that's recent so they just know to do a lot of moves but 
me, I move fast a lot because I was watching the rock and Austin freaking hitting the ropes like crazy and just moving really fast all the time. But, uh, but yeah, but when it comes to your move, when it comes to moves, cause kids get so freaking move heavy. And that's why I'm kind of focusing on that is at least from what I've seen, it's like people get so caught up in what moves that they're going to do and how many moves they're going to do. They don't get, get, they don't realize that they're doing all these moves, but they don't mean anything because like, you're just doing a bunch of them. So you want to separate them. You want to make sure they mean something. You want to let moments breathe. So if you do something, you get, you, especially if you're doing it for, for television, you're doing it for a camera, you really pay attention to the camera. Like you work for the camera, but you work for the people and you make sure that you're being seen and showcasing your stuff. You hit a drop kick and you hit probably the best drop kick of your entire freaking life. Then you freaking relish in that. And then it's like, yeah, you should go for the pin. Everyone's always going to tell you go for the pin, but it's like, you see freaking people on television, not going for stuff right away. It's like, so why should you be any different? It's like, especially if you're a healer face, you know, you just kind of, you pick your timing based off what role you're playing in the match. Mm. But, but I think my advice when it comes to it, just like move wise and presentation wise is make sure your moves count, make them your own and just really let stuff breathe make sure everything matter that everything you do matters that it stands out so you know if you do a clothesline okay sure everyone's gonna do a clothesline how how are you gonna make your clothesline different you almost like go into the same mindset it's like you know yeah yeah um we cut your match down from uh from 15 to 5 so uh go out there and do whatever and it's like you can get sad about it or you can make that five minutes the best five minutes of monday night raw it's like you kind of do the same thing with like picking a move. It's like, you know, I do a clothesline, but like, or I do this DDT or I do the super kick, but how can I make it different? It's like, and it's all a matter of the movement you maybe do before or how you do the movement. There's a certain snap that you add to it or you slap your leg better than anyone else on that freaking roster or, um, or just how, what you do after it. Or so it can be something like you do a super kick, but it leads into something bigger. So you do a super kick and they get stunned a little bit. You do a German suplex and stuff. And I, I love those things where it's just like, okay, you do kind of a combo thing. I love combos where just like, you know, you do like, you know, like a kick, like what I do is I do a kick to the leg, which is literally like a sweep that brings them down to their knee. And then I kick them in the chest and then I'm going to hard knee to the face and, uh, or just like, just a quick, just a quick knee to kind of like what Roderick Strong does, like where he does like a big jumping high knee to the face and it stuns him a little and then he gives him an Olympic slam. It's right. like, you know, stuff like that. That's what how he's able to take those moves. He's literally taking a Triple H move and a Kurt Angle move. He throws his own twist onto it and he made it his own because like he does it. Because even when I did, I used to do the Angle slam because I love Kurt Angle. But like, but I did it differently by like, instead of doing the float over that he does, I literally take it up and bring it down like a, um, like a Simone drop. Mm. So I literally pick you up like an angle slam and I snap back as hard as I can. I just call it a stiff angle slam because I'm just snapping back as hard as I could. And even like my finisher that I called, uh, I called nightfall. Now someone, I can't remember who someone at AEW calls something nightfall, which makes more sense because it's a variation of a backbreaker, but like, uh, my finishing move. I was kind of skeptical to use it in front of certain people because my move is very unique. Like it's actually a move that I made up that looks really cool. And it's just a mix of the rock bottom and an angle slam. So any move that I did in the ring, I always try to make sure it was my own. So, you know, I did like a lariat where people were sitting on their ass on the mat and I just do a low lariat and all that stuff. But I had a certain snap to it that I did that I feel like any other person that I see do it, I've never seen them do it the same way I do it. And then like, you know, if I do like a spine buster or if I, or if I do a Eddie girls, Hilo, like, you know what the Hilo is? Yeah. Okay. Cause for the longest time, I didn't know what the actual name of it was. So I just want to make sure everyone else knows, but it's when he jumps from the apron. I know, you know, but for other people, it's when he jumps from the apron on the outside of the ring and he floats in. So I did that same thing, but I turned it instead of a body, I made it my elbow. So it looked like I was hitting him with the point of my elbow. Sometimes it looked like I barely even touched the guy. But even after I hit them with it, I would just kind of my movements after were so fluid that it was easy to transition to other things. I allowed them to sell a little bit and I pull them in for a pin. So I just let that like, you know, and I always told kids like, you know, count one, two, three, like you pick your speeds based on what you're doing. But just kind of take your time with stuff. I don't feel like, you know, you're going to do something and have to rush into the next thing right away. Just kind of do a, do a punch, let them sell, and just be like one, two, three. And then and, and then grab them and do something and do one, two, three, and grab them. You're okay. One, two, 
three and then go to them just like really taking your time is like and i feel like kind of counting method might work and you can pick your speed as far as how you're counting as long as you're taking your time in between stuff so so i that's feel that's how i feel is the best advice i can give give to to someone it's just like and I'm, i imagine you've probably gotten pretty good advice as far as something like that too and in similar scenarios where just people just need to you know make sure you, what you do counts matters is unique to you stand out and and all that and just take your time and, and yeah yeah when it came to like taking time one of my friends um it, it clicked as soon as he said it he's like just fight to your favorite song okay. <laughs> and i was like bro <laughs> <laughs> so what is like, your favorite song? i guess it depends like what if your favorite song is like you know i don't know what way what what would i use in this example that is like a poor a poor like way to go about that it's it's funny because like for me Sorry, I, because if it's I, like death metal it's like you're just like da, 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 da. <laughs> right right it's funny for me because like for me i'm a huge um my my favorite song which is crazy is uh godzilla by blue oyster cold so like okay when you when the guitar hits that's like the rate that i want to be fighting at right so it's just mm-hmm. like boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah because then you're at you're in the rhythm and i was thinking about it, i was like yo, i was like that's it, it clicked and i was like that's so weird so like all my sequences when i start putting them together they're mm-hmm. all two different songs so yeah. like maybe one would be iron man by you know black sabbath one would be uh you know godzilla by blizzard cole another sequence might be like uh pray for me by the you know kendrick lamar like yeah it, it's it's weird like i hear it now and whenever i when I see the spot, like I'm like, all right, and then I hear the song in my head, and then it's like, all right, this is the rate I'm going to hit them at, and then yeah, so it's funny that to works. hear you talk about like the counting wise, but I just I can see it now. Yeah, like, it's like it's a rhythm, like, yeah. and so it totally it lines up, it makes sense. But I never thought about it in the, in the context of like a song, but it may, it makes sense. It depends on the the songs and what stuff, but then but also music has a rhythm, and just like I'm talking about the you know taking your time and all that stuff, like everything has a rhythm, so. But yeah, it totally makes sense. But 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 I also feel like yeah, that timing is important because it can be easy to want to transition so quickly when it's like really unnecessary. It's like really important to let stuff breathe. It's like the same thing where there's laughing breaks in like you know TV shows or whatever, or in comedy or anything else. So like there's a break for something. And like sometimes if it's a movie, like you know sometimes it's not always going to give you time to actually react to something because sometimes you might miss something. But something that is written properly would be like you know they do something really funny. And then they, whatever happens in the time, like probably the 10 or 15 seconds afterwards doesn't matter because like you're laughing to the really funny part and then, and then they can add another funny part or you right. can just, you know, react. So it, you have, so it's just a matter of just like going with that rhythm and giving, you know, the crowd some, you know, time to react to stuff and to really take it in and give you, you and your opponent time. And also very important just to know that you know your opponent is your da- dance partner and you guys are working together to put a match together so it's not it, it's not just like you know going in for the business for yourself and just doing it all on your own and if that's anything i've learned from like you know being at the performance center for you know a little bit when i went for a tryout um was like they really key on you you and the other person you and the other people in there working together and helping helping each other to you know get further in this and not really just being all about yourself right so that's kind of how they're able to single people out and stuff that well man that was like a lot of great advice to be like thrown out there so definitely appreciate you for like sharing your knowledge with us yeah no problem man i'm happy to kind of talk about it it's like it's been a while since i actually talked about wrestling in this form so it's it's so it's pretty it's pretty cool i'm happy happy to help out so we're going to go into the best part of this show. It is called the three count podcast, 10 count questions. And here's how it works. I'm going to fire off 10 questions at you. And then, you know, you're just going to give your answer based on those questions. Whatever <laughs> first comes fa- to your mind. It's just a faster version of what we've been doing for the last yeah, hour. Anyway. Pretty much. Pretty much yeah. yeah. So let's get this thing started. We're going to put the timer on timer on and bing. And here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Smackdown. Favorite X-Men? Wolverine. I just like the eyes. Sonic <laughs> Mario. <laughs> oh, Sonic or Mario. Uh, I'm going to say Mario. There you go. Uh, favorite place to take a nap? 
this chair where my cat is at right now. <laughs> it's awkward, but for some reason, I get the best sleep. Bet. Uh, three things that you could take you would take with you on a deserted island. Um, my Leatherman tool. Uh, crap, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Bluetooth headphones and a fully charged iPhone. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> favorite actor whoa um i know I, have, I know i have a favorite i know i have an answer for this and i'm blanking uh <laughs> i'm going to spit out john leguizamo hey hey Quick. some of us some of us gotta stay a super freak though yeah no mainly my reasoning for that is that like he was probably the first person from his like funny one-man shows to help make me understand like my heritage mm. like i'm port i'm puerto rican i'm hispanic and i growing up i just never really thought about it and really thought anything of it so because of his like specials i'm just like oh my god i relate to this and now i know like a little bit more about my you know my heritage because of him so yeah so i'll I'm say him gonna... and I, I love him in anything that he does so yeah i was gonna say i, I remember watching him with john likozama show so like that i yeah. can let me go with you on this one. Oh, yeah. uh, let's go. Best fast food place to get a burger. Get a burger. Fast food. Man. I'm going to say. Crap. I can't think of any place. At least I haven't been to a decent place that has a good burger in a while. So I'm going to say Piata because they have just great food in general. They don't have burgers, but they're awesome. So I'm just going to plug them again. Piata, give me money. <laughs> All right. Let's go with favorite podcast. Favorite podcast is actually another wrestling podcast. It's kind of like a comfort podcast, but also my first podcast I've ever listened to and discovered podcasts with. RBR Weekly Wrestling Talk. Awesome. Cool, cool. And then nominate someone you want to see on this show on the show let's see i'm gonna say he's actually just a personal friend of mine i'm gonna say leonard literacy he's uh he's part of the gaggle of friend nerds that i have but he's also a professional wrestler out here he does wrestle you know more locally too in the other states that are actually allowing shows and uh, he goes by leonard literacy uh and he's a really awesome talent and probably a good person worth talking to on the podcast bet and then last but not least, my favorite question to ask every single person who comes on this show, favorite curse word. Fuck. Because <laughs> <laughs> I say it all day, every day. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, I tell people all the time, like, I, I, anybody who's listened to this show numerous times knows exactly what YouTube video I'm going to reference. So if you haven't checked out the history of the F word, you need to. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I need to catch because that's on, that's on netflix i need to catch that right oh that's no no on, no no uh, the history of the f word is like a five minute video that you can watch on youtube okay i was thinking of the nicholas cage thing they did on netflix where they did the history of curse words thing yeah so i was thinking that's probably what you were talking about so <laughs> yeah yeah definitely yeah. Have to check that out history of the f word <laughs> it's awesome um but anyway that's it for the 10 count questions so more importantly what i need you to do for me is tell our viewers and our listeners where they can find you well, you can find me, funny enough, I'm one of those jackasses that has three pages on Instagram. So I have a break night creative. Night is spelled very differently. Just think of night, but with K-N-Y. And uh, break night creative where you see all my wrestling gear stuff. Craven night, if you just want to see what nonsense I'm up to all day. I usually post a lot of stuff with my cat. And, uh, and then there's dark night customs, which is just mostly toy focused and i'm pretty much just on those that and facebook but either one is whatever but and then i have the youtube page and i have a twitch which is all break night creative so but i'm not twitching as much lately but i do have some old youtube videos if you're not familiar with me you can check that stuff out where i'm just like you see me making wrestling gear and or other stuff so yeah bet and that's where you can find him so that is it, man. Welcome. You know, once again, like we said, this is a three count podcast presents now entering the ring. I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller. This has been our awesome expedition, by the way. This is math light. This is actually this is where it's at. Anyway, this is now entering the ring with Craven Knight. So you guys know what to do. 
check out the next episode and be there or just wait till this intro or this outro exits and then just listen to the next episode because that's what we're doing. Peace. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want you to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the Three Count underscore pod, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod. Give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to youtube.com, give us a subscribe, turn the bell on, turn the notifications, leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys. And we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast also has merchandise. Oh, at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So. Show some support, please.